0: Grace to you in peace from God, our Father and our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Wasn't that long ago, it was April Fool's Day. Hands up if you were fooled at all. Did you get fooled by any of the unusual news reports that you may have heard that morning or seen in the newspaper? Or maybe someone got you over the internet through social media these days? Hands up if you can remember when you used to play an April Fool's joke as a kid. Of course you couldn't do it in the newspaper or uh, through social media. You had to go and play some sort of actual physical trick on someone. It's changed these days, hasn't it? One of the ones which I saw which I thought was rather interesting on April Fool's Day and it ties in with the reading for today was someone put up on the internet an article. Hands up if you know who Richard Dawkins is. You know who Richard Dawkins is. He's a very, what you would call a celebrated atheist. He's the famous atheist who wrote the God Delusion book, uh, the book about um, the greatest show on earth, as it's called, about uh, evolution. And he's trying to disprove the existence of God. He wants all people to give up their faith because he doesn't believe either. And on April Fool's Day, someone had an internet article saying that Richard Dawkins had had a Damascus moment just like Paul or Saul in our first reading for the day. So this article was put out in the news that Richard Dawkins had seen Jesus and now believes. Now the reason I've picked that up is of course because for a lot of people, a lot of Christians, we are very, very tempted to think that would never happen. We are very, very tempted to think when we see and we hear someone like Richard Dawkins and we read his writings that... This guy will never believe. And so what do we say? We say it's hopeless. He's a hopeless case. He is beyond salvation. And it's interesting that they picked April Fool's Day to do this and of course Richard Dawkins hasn't had a Damascus moment, at least he hasn't claimed to have had one. He was very quick to debunk this news report. And of course, April Fool's Day, it's appropriate that I think someone did this as a bit of a joke because April Fool's Day is sometimes also called Atheist Day because of this Bible verse. Only fools say in their heart there is no God. So if you say there is no God, you're a fool and Atheist Day is therefore April Fool's Day. But when I read this article on April 1st, I knew I was going to be leading the service today and so I'd done my advanced reading and I knew what the Bible text for the day was and I thought, oh, Damascus, Saul becomes Paul. And it made me rethink my temptation to believe that someone like Richard Dawkins is hopeless. It made me rethink any temptation to believe that someone like Richard Dawkins or perhaps someone that I know personally Is never going to come to faith. Because we saw that with Paul. If you like, Paul is kind of the Richard Dawkins of the first century. Even though he was a Jew, he wasn't a Christian. He didn't believe Jesus is the Messiah, he would not accept that Jesus is the Son of God. Yet he had heard that message plenty of times, no doubt. And so his turnaround, his Damascus moment, because it was on the road to Damascus in which Jesus visited him, is truly a conversion. A complete turnaround. A 180 degree turnaround. From unbelief to faith. From hopelessness, or what we see as hopelessness, to hope. And what's actually interesting is that Paul, when he was Saul, is, in fact, if you could say so, he is worse than the Richard Dawkins of the 21st century because Saul was also, in a sense, the terrorist of the 1st century. Saul still inhaling threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. He was in the business of killing Christians. And in the English it translates it as inhaling from the the Greek, meaning that it was his life. He was eating, sleeping, breathing the death of Christians, the end of Christianity. That was his role, that was his job, that was his career. But only did he not believe that Jesus is not the Messiah. But he also believed that all Christians must be eradicated. And for those who are trying to read the very small print in the Lego Bible, that's Paul saying, I'll kill every last one of you Jesus freaks. Would you call Saul a hopeless case? Has heard the message, doesn't believe it. Is antagonistic to the point of violence and death. Against Christians, isn't that happening today too? Would you call Saul a hopeless case? Is there someone that you know who you would call a lost cause? And not necessarily a celebrity, a friend, a family member, Child. are you tempted to think that the only time that you're going to see this person in church this was a temptation I had uh, early in my ministry when I visited someone who was on our membership list at church and he hadn't been to church for a very, very long time and I went out to see and from what he said I was very tempted to say, you know, the only time I think you're going to come back to church is when you're in the box you ever tempted to think of that about someone? you think they're a lost cause. You've shared the message with them. Someone else has shared the message with them. They know it. They know what you believe. But they ignore it. But do you also believe that God turns Saul around? Do you believe that? Then do you believe that God can turn that person around that you're thinking of? that family member, that friend who is antagonistic even towards you because of your faith, because you dare to say, Jesus is Lord. So our Bible reading today reminds us that no one is beyond salvation. There is no such thing as a hopeless cause when it comes to people. While there is life, There was always a chance. There was always an opportunity. There was always time for grace. Maybe they will have a Damascus moment. So perhaps we should be praying for our loved ones and our friends that somehow it is revealed to them so that they know, so they come to see. It does happen. Maybe that person needs to hear it again from you despite the temptation to give up because we think they're not going to listen. I could send them an email, they'll just block me. I could, do, I could talk to them, they'll just say, no, I don't want to hear about it. Perhaps to some degree our temptation to not share with someone who we know is antagonistic towards our message Leads us also to then not be so kind and loving toward them. Perhaps they will see because of our actions, if not our words. Perhaps they will see because of our prayers. But perhaps they do also need to hear it from someone else. Sometimes the reality is, particularly with family, you could be sharing your faith with your children for years and years and years, and you think it's not working, it's not working. But then they meet someone else and they hear the message in a different way through them. Where there is life, there is hope. We see that in Saul becoming Paul, a person with a complete turnaround. He, had, he knew what he was doing in life. He had direction. And so Paul's conversion is an archetype of our own. Paul, when he was Saul, thought he had the world worked out. He knew what life was about, he knew what his career was. But it changed completely. And God set him on a completely different path. Sometimes the best witness that we can give is that our lives are on a completely different path to where they would be if God hadn't found us. From the moment that God found us, whether it was as an infant or whether later in life, we have followed a different path than what we would have. And who knows what God might do through us as a result. Paul was on the road to Damascus with letters, letters of death. He had warrants, if you like, for the execution of Christians that he could find He experiences the grace of God on the road to Damascus and his letters of death become letters of life. And we read them in the New Testament. Which also brings us to Peter. We heard about Peter today in our Gospel reading. Peter and Paul on the same day. It's quite amazing, isn't it? Paul we attempt to think of as the hopeless case. Peter, we attempted to think of as the hopeless disciple. The one who very often puts his foot in it, in his mouth that is. Times when he just gets it wrong with what he says and so Jesus has to say, get behind me Satan. Or Peter, bold as anything until the swords come out and the accusations and as was depicted in that video we can only imagine the grief that he felt after he had realised that he had disowned Jesus three times on the night before Jesus died. Would you call Peter a hopeless disciple? Do you ever consider yourself a hopeless disciple? Lord, I've stuffed it up again. I said the wrong thing. I didn't say anything at all. I didn't help. But I was harmful instead. Do you ever consider someone else a hopeless disciple? They're not doing enough. If I just get off their lazy backsides and help a bit more, But do you also believe that Jesus forgave Peter? Jesus forgave Peter the very act of denial. We read in the Gospels the third time when Peter disowns Jesus. He turns around and he sees Jesus and Jesus looks at him. And what does Jesus do? Doesn't he get angry? Doesn't he turn around and say, right, you And do anything. He goes and dies for Peter's sin of denial so that Peter could be forgiven. And as we heard in our Gospel reading through, asking him three times, Peter, do you love me more than these? And Peter's honest response, yes, Lord. Peter is forgiven. Peter is reinstated so if you believe that so if you believe that God can turn Peter around if God can forgive Peter then surely you can believe he can forgive you and that he can restore you to being a disciple so Peter's restoration is an archetype of our own that's why these are wonderful stories that's why they're on this particular Sunday in the church year after Easter because we're celebrating the resurrection, we're celebrating forgiveness, we're celebrating salvation and we're also celebrating our restoration, our conversion, our turning into something else because of what Jesus does. From failure to forgiven, from being afraid to being courageous, From being unwilling to being spirited, and as you can see, I've got a capital S there for spirited because we're spirited because of the power of the Holy Spirit. From being unable to being gifted for service. For some reason, it's not there at the bottom. From being weak to being strong in the Lord. That's the grace of God. That's the way that he works. That truly is love. A love that will turn a person who is a terrorist and an atheist into the apostle for the Gentiles. A person that can forgive someone who denies his very lordship into someone who will gladly suffer death, they never do it again. And that did happen to Peter according to tradition that he ended up being crucified also for his faith. If there is ever a time you think someone is a hopeless cause, if there is ever a time you are tempted to wonder is it any good me continuing to share my faith with my family, with my friends who do not believe. No one is beyond salvation. There is always hope. If you are ever tempted to believe that nothing you do for God is good enough or can achieve anything, or if you are ever tempted to believe that you are a failure for God, remember that you are forgiven and that you are strengthened. You are restored as his beloved child. And the peace of God which passes all human understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus now and forever.